good to be in the house of God on Sunday morning, and uh, we're, we're going to have a good time. Uh, I believe we got a good word today. Uh, we're going to talk about the impact that we can have collectively, and uh, so yeah, if you want to put a title to my sermon today, we're going to talk about the fat, the sweet, and the takeout. So uh, a matter of fact, if Howard, if you, if you would, would you do the honors of just, I guess, I guess pulling it out over to the side, we're, we're a little packed in here today. It's, it's exciting. There was a a rough head count today is 101 of us have gathered together to worship the Lord today. We broke the 100 mark today. 101 of us. That's exciting. That's exciting. Uh, so, so who knows what the Lord has in store? Uh, we, we don't make a ton, a, a, a big deal about numbers around here because we just want get, to get over here and do what God tells us to do. But uh, that's, that's really exciting. So I know some of y'all are eyeballing this Whataburger. I mean, you pull out Whataburger in Texas, people just start eyeballing this thing here. So, And we'll get to that here in a second. Thank you, Howard. Uh, I'm going to be reading today from Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. And if you'll, I just want to hop right into this because we've got quite a bit of ground to cover. And uh, I want to make sure that I, I squeeze it all in uh, with the right amount of time. Nehemiah chapter 8, starting with verse 9, and we're going to read 9 and 10. Now, let me set what's taking place here. Uh, Israel had, had been uh, taken into captivity. Jerusalem, their capital, had pretty much been destroyed. The temple had been knocked down. The wall uh, had, been, had been decimated. And uh, so this whole generation went by, several generations, uh, where there was just a little remnant that was still hanging out there. And King Xerxes winds up permitting some of the folks from Israel, Nehemiah being one, uh, to, to take some of the treasures of Israel and to take them back and start rebuilding uh, Jerusalem and rebuilding the temple and rebuilding the walls. And so they're in the middle of doing all that. Some of the neighbors weren't real thrilled. Some of the neighboring countries weren't, weren't real happy that they were doing that and they were harassing them. And so there was all kind of politics taking place. And in the process of it, they, they go rooting around in the rubble of the temple, and they find the law of God. They find what would be our Old Testament or, or the Torah, and, and they bring it out, and they realize here's a whole group of people that had never heard the Word of God read. And so they call this day together, and they, they assemble together, and they read the entire law. And the Bible says that people just began to weep because they, they'd never heard the word of God before. All of a sudden, it's speaking life, it's speaking direction, it's speaking correction into their life. And they're just, they're weeping. They're, they've, they've never been able to, to encounter this word before. So, so we're going to pick up, that's what's going on in this setting. We're going to pick it up and, and we're going to pull something from it. So Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, now this is a really, really interesting, quirky phrase, but I like it, and it's going to be kind of the center of what we're talking about. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portion to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord our God. Do not sorrow. And now all of a sudden he says something and we all quote it. It's just that we never know where it comes from, right? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. We all say that. Woo, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Or we encourage each other. 
hey, brother, hang in there. You know, the joy of the Lord's your strength. Well, we really don't think about where that, that verse came from. Well, it comes from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, and it's the conclusion of a really quirky-sounding verse. So how many wants the joy of the Lord to be your strength? I, I do. Well, and it can be, but it's contingent on the first part of this verse. You want the joy of the Lord to be your strength? Well, you're going to have to eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those that have had nothing prepared for them. And uh, so that's what I want to talk about today a little bit is eating the fat, drinking the sweet, and doing a little takeout, okay? Now, now there's, there's some really symbolic stuff going on with this. How many know, yeah, I know we live in a culture, we, we all try to eat a little healthier, we try to kind of watch what we eat, or at least we should, and, and, but you guys know what, what I mean. Every now and then, you just got to haul off and, and just pig out, right? Sometimes you just got to say, you know what, forget, thank God for veggies, but you know what, I'm frying something, you know, <laughs> and, and, and we're going we're gonna to eat something, right? So I've got, the table is back. Y'all remember the table the other week? The table is back, and y'all remember Mephibosheth? <laughs> Mephibosheth's not part of the story, but we're still going to use him. Mephibosheth, stand up. Look, at he's been going to therapy. He's, he is like walking now. It's a miracle. He doesn't have to be carried. Mephibosheth, go on over and take a seat. I've got something for you over there. Now, make sure you eat this. Look, no veggies today. This is not a day of mourning. This is a day of celebration, okay? So, so open uh, that bag right there. Yeah, there you go. I got you a water burger. Uh, number one with cheese. You got Whataburger fries and Whataburger ketchup. I don't know what they do to their ketchup. Y'all know what I mean? That's some anointed ketchup. And look at that. There you go. And I didn't get your plate because, yeah, you're doing it right. You just use that bag. So, so you eat that fat, okay? Eat, go ahead and eat that fat. Drink that sweet. Now, that's a Dr. Pepper. It ain't diet nothing. That's a Dr. Pepper. Look, we're in Texas. You're in Texas, so every now and then you got to haul off and have you a water burger, and you got to have you a Dr. Pepper because it's all Texas, baby. So, so that's a that's a that's a sweet Dr. Pepper. Now you go ahead and, and now now make it last. Don't don't eat it all at once. Make it last, okay? So, and we're gonna check back on you, but you eat the fat. Everyone tell them eat the fat, drink the sweet. Now it can't. Now you're gonna experience the joy of the Lord, but it ain't gonna be from that. You you you've got to do that. But look, I've got you something extra, and I want you to go find someone afterwards. Go, go find someone out there that nothing has been prepared for, okay? You've got to do some takeout, right? So eat the fat, drink the sweet, and then send portions to those that nothing has been prepared for. Now, fat, the thing about fat is, I mean, th think about it. You ever had meat that's 100% lean? That's the driest stuff on the planet. But those of you who smoke meat, we got a lot of meat smokers in here. Uh, those, uh, we, we, we need to start a life group just off of meat smokers, right? Now, if, you, if you're going to get a brisket, you're going to trim off a lot of the fat, but you're going to leave a layer on there, right? And when you put it on the smoker, what side, are you going to put that fat down or fat up? Up, that's right. Why? Because when that fat starts melting, it's going to go right through that meat and make it richer and more juicier and, and more tender. It's going to tenderize some stuff. Fat is also uh, uh, in, indicative of prosperity and richness and abundance. If you have fat on your body, which many of us do, we have an abundance of caloric energy stored on our body. Now, it's not necessarily healthy for us, but there was a day, there was a day that that was a good thing because you, you were either feast or famine. And if you could fatten up during the feast, during the famine times, you're going to outlast just about everybody else, right? 
here in the West, we're very blessed. We don't have too much famine going on in the West. So unfortunately, we stay, we don't have that famine to get rid of it. And it's a, it's a little more challenging. But other cultures look at that as abundance. If, if you look at the Buddhist culture, you've got the reclining Buddha. You've got the meditating Buddha. And then we all know about the happy Buddha, right? Happy Buddha is always fat, isn't he? Why? Because they're trying to say he's prosperous, he's happy, he's abundant. So, so what God is saying is when you gather together, there's some things I want you to do. I want you to eat the fat. We can come in here and eat the richness of the word of God. David said it this way. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. So when we gather together, we're going we're gonna to eat this good, rich, meaty word of God. We don't have to stay on milk forever. We're, we're growing in him. So let's dive into this good word together, uh, whether we meet here or we meet out in the neighborhoods and, and Bible studies and all that stuff, but we're going we're gonna to eat of the rich word of God. And then we're going to drink the sweet. Ryan, you drinking that sweet? How's that, Dr. Pepper? Good and sweet, isn't it? All right. Ooh, I'm telling you, Mephibosheth got the hookup with David, man, the other way. He keeps going. So, so we're going to eat, we're going to drink the sweet, the sweetness of, the, of, of his presence. Isn't it good to just come in here and feel the presence of God? And then and also feel the sweetness of our fellowship and love for one another and our love for him. There's just a sweet presence that can come in here. We're going to eat the fat of the goodness and the richness of his word. We're going to drink the sweetness of his presence. But then far too often, churches, we just stop there. And we leave and say, "Woo, that was a great church service. Man, I feel great. And then we go about our lives. No, no, the, the, the next part is to take portions, send portions to those that have had nothing prepared for. We come here, and the Lord has prepared something every week for us just to be able to feast on. And so now it's our obligation to take what we receive here and get it back out there. When you get back to your house, when you get to your marketplace, when you get to your jobs, when you go out into your schools, to take the love of God, take all this richness, all this sweetness, and just share it with everyone that you meet. So that leads me to this question. Why are you here? Why'd you come here? I want you to think really hard about that. Why, why are you here? Well, I'm here because, I don't know, I wanted to get my wife off my back. Oh, that's good. Happy wife, happy life, right? I don't know. I, I wanted to make God happy. I want to make God happy, so I show up at church. Well, God's already happy. God's, his happiness isn't contingent on whether we attend or not. Matter of fact, he ain't never been happier, Howard. He's a joyful God. So why are you here? I came here so I can come to church. Actually, if you're a believer, that's incorrect. You don't come to church. You are church. We are already the ecclesia, the called out ones. So if you really want to say, say, say it correctly, you walk out to your car and your neighbor say, hey, where are you going? Say, oh, I, I got to take church down by the lake. You don't say, oh, I'm going to church down by the lake. No, no, I got to take church. I'm already the church. The Bible says, know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? You're already the temple of God. You are. You don't have to come to a temple. You are the temple. You contain the Shekinah glory of God. You contain the Holy Spirit within you. You contain the heavenly. You remember we said the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? In us. So you already contain heaven. So you're going to bring heaven. You're going to bring church here. So when we gather together, our mindset shouldn't be, oh, i got to go there and go to church because i got to receive something. No, it's I need to take church down there because we all need each other, and we need to produce something. 
Has it ever occurred to any of us that actually we don't come to church just for the sake of making God happy and appeasing some, some cranky God that's going to be irritated if we don't show up to church? That's not it at all. We're here as a functional family. We're supposed to be a functional family that produces something, produces something spiritual. You're not here to be a consumer. Far too often, that's what congregations are. We have consumer Christianity. We show up, all right, feed me, feed me, all right, I'm gone. How about if we show up and we produce something for him? that not only reverberates here, but goes all throughout the community and the greater city and all throughout this region. Well, there's plenty of things that we can do, but it's, it's spiritual. And, and notice it says, send portions. It doesn't necessarily say take portions. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to go into the highways and byways and beckon folks to come into the kingdom. We, we need to uh, go into all the world preaching the gospel and baptizing that's, those are all commands, and we want to do that. We want to get out and connect, and we've, we've, we've done so this last year. We're going to continue to expand on that this year. But, but there is a sending that we can do. It's a spiritual process. So, so we are to produce something spiritual. Everyone still with me? Do you realize that you can produce a little of it, or you can produce a great amount of it? Do you realize that spiritual things can be quantifiable. In other words, you can measure spiritual things. Ah, wait a minute, Dave. You're talking about something really ethereal and something. No, spiritual things, you can actually measure it. You can determine if there's a lot of it or a little of it or none of it. You remember the Canaanite woman that came to Jesus and asked for healing, and he said, I can't, it's, not, it's not right of me to take the food and take the bread from the children and give it to the dogs. And she said, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs from the table, the scraps from the table. You remember what Jesus said to her? He looked at her and grinned and said, woman, you've got great faith. Everyone say great. Great faith. And then the day came that he was out on the boat sleeping while the disciples were sailing. All of a sudden, a storm came in. They freaked out that they were going to die, so they woke him up. He got up, calmed the storm. You remember what he said to him? He said, oh, ye of little faith. So we got great faith, little faith. Faith is a very spiritual matter for us, isn't it? But yet we can quantify it. We can measure it, right? Uh, you remember the, the uh, um, John chapter 3 says that he giveth the Spirit. When he, pour, when he pours the Holy Spirit into us, it says that he, he pours all of it. We have full access that he doesn't just measure out a little bit of it. He's not going to measure it. He's going to give it to us in an unlimited amount. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 7 talks about to, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. That he has given us the right measurement of grace. The, all these spiritual concepts have a spiritual measurement that, that you can quantify it with. Spiritual things can also be sent. That's why you can pray for your cousin in California, but you're right here in Arlington, Texas, and your prayer is sent, right? That's why you can praise God for someone's victory here, and yet they can encounter it halfway across the world. I was, I was uh, part of a, a, a Pays prayer meeting a few months back. Uh, they invited me to speak, and, and we, we had a big 
prayer meeting, and what they were doing was they were praying for all of the the pays the the the, the pays missionaries and and the directors all across the world who had presented the various needs that they have. And here they were in Arlington, Texas, and yet their prayers are being sent all over the world. That's why it's important for us to come in and begin to praise. You can actually have have a need in a family member across the country. Let the Lord know, hey, Father, I, I need you to move on behalf of my mother. She's all the way up in Minnesota. And you know what? I'm going to stand here. I'm going to praise you right here on credit because I know you're going to move in, on her behalf. You're going to send this spiritual element that I'm praying about. You remember the centurion came to Jesus and said, hey, I, my servant is sick. I need you to heal him. And Jesus said, okay, well, where do you live? I'll stop on by. And he goes, no, I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. And he said, look, I understand authority. You're a man of authority. And I understand authority because I got people that answer to me in the military. I can tell them to do this, do that, go this way, go that way. And they respond and do it accordingly. And he said, if you will just say the word, I know my servant will be healed. So Jesus said, I have not seen this great of faith. <laughs> he used a measurement again. I have not seen this great of faith in all of Judea. And the servant was healed that very hour. So what we do here, as much as we're going to get out and connect and continue to do so with this community and the greater community, but what we do here on Sunday morning is not just about coming in, singing a few songs and hearing a sermon and saying, ooh, that was great, I did my thing, and, and head on back out to Waterburger or wherever. So by the way, you still eating that fat? Have you finished the fat already? Have you finished it? Well, you better eat that all. I bought that for you. No, I'm too... There are, there are people across the world starving, and you just sitting there. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah, we've all done with that. So, uh, but the fact that we can come in here and produce, one of the things that we can produce is what's, what's called glory. Hey, wait a minute. I thought the glory of God comes down. We give him glory. We glorify him. The word in the Greek is doxa. Doxa, one of the most common phrases of glory is doxa. The word doxa actually means a thought, uh, a hunch, an inspiration, a revelation that's actually made manifest with a cry or a word or a verbal expression. So in other words, something that is happening within you comes out via your mouth. That's why, uh, who was it, Hal, did, did you give us a hallelujah earlier or an amen? That, what was he doing? There was something in him that had to come out and say, oh, hallelujah. Well, what was he doing? He was glorifying him. You are, now all of a sudden, you are, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Where, where, where's the heavenlies? Well, we, we do have a sweet by and by that we get to go in an eternal abode, but we also carry heaven within us. So that heavenly, that spiritual place within us, all of a sudden, ah, comes manifest here on earth. That's why it's important. Say, well, I like to come to church and just stand in reverence. That's awesome. That's all. There are times that we need to be still and know that he is God. But there's also times that we're to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. There needs to be a verbal manifestation of something God's doing inside. Why? Because it produces glory, produces doxa, if you will, an, an atmosphere almost 
that, that God has chosen to begin to manifest his presence and his will and his power amongst his people. Uh, JJ, you have a term for it. We talked about it. What is it? Uh, we, when, when we're working on music and all that, you, is it barometric pressure? Is that what you call it? Is that, is that the term? Air pressure. He, talk, he talks about uh, in, in the midst of praise and worship, he'll talk about air pressure. And as, as, as people begin to sing, there's this air pressure. What was he talking about? He's talking about there's, there's a presence or a, an atmosphere of glory that we produce. Uh, I want you to check out this, this desire of God from Habakkuk chapter 2. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So the earth, God's desire is for the earth to be filled with the knowledge of this glory. To what extent? Just as the waters cover the sea. Here we are again. You remember several weeks back we talked about how water is indicative of spirit. He shall be like a tree planted by the water. Remember in the book of Psalms, Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the spirit. So here we are dealing with a spiritual matter again, and he's comparing it once again to water. I, he's saying, hey, I, I, want, I want my glory to be so well known that it's going to cover the earth just as the water covers the sea. Well, how is glory produced amongst his people? It's when we actually verbalize an internal happening is when we begin to open our mouth and give him praise. That's why it's vital when we come together, not just for the praise team to be up here singing, but, man, it's a beautiful thing when we're up here and we hear the congregation singing, singing glorious songs unto the Lord. It's, it's important. Hey, we need to have the freedom and feel the freedom when we have a hallelujah like Hal did. Hal, Hal gave us a hallelujah out in the middle of nowhere. Well, what was it? It was he wasn't doing it for attention. The man's not looking for attention. Trust me, you know. But he's doing it because there was something in him that just rose up. You got to get it out. Sometimes you you got an amen that has to come out. You got a hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to ah. <laughs> you ever you ever felt that the Lord did something for you and all you could do is just uh, oh hallelujah. You know, that's there. There's something incredible that happens because we begin to express. The glory of God, we produce this atmosphere that God all of a sudden rides up on. And, it, and, and spiritual things, you remember, we, we just discussed spiritual things can be sent. So you, you want the way prepared for you for this coming week. Begin to give God glory and say, all right, now, go send it, Lord. Send it all throughout my week. Prepare, prepare the way. It's, it's, it's almost like a watery river. Matter of fact, there's two prophets in the Bible that saw an expression of glory dealing with the temple. Who did I say was the temple of God now? We are. We're the temple of God. They saw a heavenly vision of the temple, a physical temple. Isaiah was inside the temple. Ezekiel was outside the temple. Isaiah inside the temple saw the glory of the Lord. Matter of fact, it started clouding up. It looked really cloudy, and he saw cherubim flying around. And what were they doing? They were yelling to each other praises to God. They were saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What were they doing? They were creating something that was within them. They were verbalizing it. They were creating an atmosphere of glory. So when Isaiah saw it, it looked like clouds. Ezekiel was walking around the temple on the outside in his vision, and he saw it as water running out. Inside, we can, cre we can create spiritually a cloud. Outside, it goes out as if it's a river of water. 
And, and so he saw it as water. He walked around. It was on his ankles. Next time he came back through, it was up to his knees. Next time he came out, it was up to his loins. He just, man, all of a sudden, there was so much glory being produced inside this temple that it was flowing out. Do you realize that we could actually praise God to such an extent that not only will it impact you being in here, but it can actually impact this entire community just from the praises and the glory you give to God on a sunny morning. That's how powerful you are in the kingdom. That you can glorify him right here and all the way on the north side of the neighborhood, a marriage can start getting affected. A family can start having peace. God, God will start manifesting all over this place. The book of Deuteronomy says that one can put a thousand to flight, two, 10,000. That's some fuzzy math. If you want to multiply it, three, a hundred thousand, four, a million things you can impact. So if, and, and Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I inhabit the praises of my people, the Bible says. Do you realize if even just two of us got together and began to glorify him and, and praise him that we can impact upwards of 10,000 things? Ironically, Bob, correct me if I'm wrong, by the time Viridian is finished being totally built as a, as a community and village, they're estimating upwards of close to 10,000 10, individuals living on this chunk of real estate. And yet two of us could get together and glorify God between each other and impact this whole neighborhood, start setting the, the tone for this whole neighborhood. Could you imagine if the whole house, there's 101 of us that, that's in here today, if all of us would just begin to glorify God and, and lift him up and magnify him. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Wouldn't it be incredible that, that on Sunday mornings we set the pace and the atmosphere and the spirit for this whole entire neighborhood for the entire year and for the entire week? And it looks like a cloud inside here, but, man, outside it's like a major river of water. It's like a flood. The book of Psalms says that God rides on the flood. <laughs> we'll take a spiritual flood. I actually sit on, I actually sit on the high zone. The, it, it, if I understand right, when you guys built it up, there's a peak, isn't there? And, and, and where, where FEMA contacted a lot of you guys, FEMA actually told, told me I was fine. So, so I may be king of the mountain at the moment. So until FEMA decides they want more money. Then they're going to get me. So, so think about it. What an incredible atmosphere we can cover just, just by coming in, eating the fat, drinking the sweet, but then sending takeout. Ryan, how's that fat going? It's going down good. <laughs> how's that sweet? Wash it down with some sweet now. There you go. You get it down. <laughs> Ryan's going to go home and take a nap of immense portions. Uh, I, I want to I explain something to you. Say, I don't know. You can send spiritual stuff. You can measure spiritual stuff. What, what in the world are you talking about, Dave? You know, you, you can't see this stuff. This is, as a matter of fact, is it even real? Is it what? And what, what are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Can, you can't really see electricity, can you? You see the evidence of it. You can feel the evidence of it. Hopefully, hopefully you never have to feel the evidence of it too much. But uh, Howard, can you measure electricity? Can you send electricity? But I can't see it. But yet I trust that you can measure it and send it. Why is it so hard for me to believe that you can measure and quantify spiritual things? Any, anyone ever heard of Raccoon Mountain in Tennessee? 
Anyone ever heard of the TVA? Now, Julie heard of Raccoon Mountain because she lived in Tennessee for quite a while. Tennessee Valley Authority, one of the largest, Michael, I'm sorry. I didn't break it, I promise. Uh, Tennessee Valley Authority, one of the largest, if not the largest, electrical companies, uh, not just in our nation, but in all the world. They're, they're, they got their stuff going on. Uh, there is a place outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee, right on the Tennessee River. Uh, the Tennessee River in some places is 200 feet deep. That's a powerful river. Uh, there's a place called Raccoon Mountain. It's a big old mountain, and it's basically rock. And um, so what they've done, they went up on top of that mountain, and they hewn out a big, giant reservoir, like a big, giant lake. And at its deepest point, it's 145 feet deep. And then they bore down three big tunnels into the mountain and put uh, big old turbines in there. And then they got one big shaft. Those three shafts empty into one big shaft that goes out to the river. And then they built these pumps that would that'll pump water up through the mountain and into that reservoir. It takes right at uh, 28 hours. If that reservoir is empty, it takes about 28 hours for them to totally fill that reservoir up. And there is a... Uh, uh, do I have it written down? Oh, thank God I wrote it down. 107 billion gallons of water. 107 billion gallons of water, 28 hours, pumped into that reservoir. We needed some of those pumps back in the day when we were trying to fill this lake. We had to wait on God to fill that lake up by himself. So when we were trying to pump water from the Trinity. So, so these guys, these guys pump all that water up there. Well, what they do when, when they need power, if power starts getting low, they hit one button. And, and those, those three turbine tubes starts draining all that water. And in one flick of a switch, they can produce more electricity with all that water flowing through those turbines, spinning them, and back out to the river, and eventually pump it back up. They produce more electricity than Niagara Falls with one switch of a, of a button. And, and they, they basically created a Niagara Falls within the mountain. Matter of fact, several years back when they had the big blackouts up on the East Coast, one guy in Tennessee on top of Raccoon Mountain hit one button in Tennessee and 450,000 homes were lit up, up in New York. Because he did something that was so powerful that it was sent. A friend of mine actually toured the facility and asked him, said, how much out of all the profits that you make, how much does it take to maintain? How much of that money that you guys make does it take to maintain? Because this is quite a, quite a bit of uh, you know, uh, uh, engineering that you got going on here. And uh, the guy said, you know what? I've never been asked that question before, but I'm glad you asked it. He said, it takes 2%. Of all the profits we make, only 2% goes back into actually maintaining the facility. Isn't that phenomenal? Think about that. What, what the Lord started showing me for, for a vision for what we do, you know, a lot of churches just produce just enough glory just for, for themselves to say, Ooh, man, that was a great service. I feel encouraged. See you next week. They're gone. Could you imagine... Little Debbie, you know, y'all like Little Debbies? You remember I grew up on Little Debbies? 
Could you imagine if Little Debbie just produced just enough snack cakes for their employees each day? Say, okay, you get enough. You get Bob, get you two star crunches, okay? And Carrie, you are gonna get you a nutter, nutter butter, and 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 Howard, make sure you get you a zebra cake. Y'all remember all those, right? They packed all of our lunches. And then say, okay, everybody got enough? All right, shut the lights out. We're going home. But no, they produce enough. They got all of a sudden, they got to back semis up, and they got to fill it up so they can distribute it and send it elsewhere so everyone else can buy some. Could you imagine if we produced so much glory, so much presence of God just from being able to praise him and so much atmosphere and so much freedom? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, the Bible says. There is liberty. If we produce so much of that that all of a sudden in, in the Spirit, there's semi-trucks being backed up to this and sending it out, and we're able to send portions of all this out to where nobody else has had anything prepared for them. And that would be phenomenal. And it can just start by the atmosphere we create here, to just coming in and giving them glory. So that's the challenge I want to do. Everyone stand up. We're done. Ryan, you going to be all right? Let's all pray for Ryan because he's about to have to sing again. <laughs> and I just filled his belly with Whataburger. <laughs> so... Who gets the takeout? Actually, nobody wants that. Are we still rolling, recording on this? Let me tell you something about that takeout. I just asked them, I said, can I get, can I get an extra bag because I need to do a sermon, uh, use it for a sermon illustration. They said, sure. They gave me an empty bag, and I thought I could just kind of like puff it up, you know, and it wasn't working. And so in the back, somebody, and I'm sure it's probably someone that works here, I'm going to have to return it. They had two oranges in the back. So th there's two oranges in there that make that thing look full. And I got to put them back in the fridge because somebody's going to be looking for their snack this week. So, shh, don't tell nobody that. So, uh, anyways, that being said, that being said, I want to encourage you when you come in here, when you come in here, don't just come in here saying, okay, I'm at church, somebody feed me. No, come in here and say, you know what, Lord, I am here. I'm going to produce so much glory. I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to sing to you. If you feel, however you feel comfortable worshiping, let yourself go and just worship. And produce glory. And see what God will do when we begin to send it all throughout this community. And all throughout the needs in our lives. See what God will begin to do when we eat the fat, the goodness of his word. Drink the sweet, the sweetness of his love, the sweetness of our fellowship. And we get excited about doing some takeout all throughout this community. Amen. So you're going to get one more chance to praise him together. Let's produce glory one more time, and we're going to rock. We're going to send you out rocking. Is it all right if we rock out a little bit today? We're going to rock out. Y'all pray for Ryan. If you need prayer afterwards, come hunt us down. Don't forget, we're going to have a business meeting right after service. <laughs>